Yo, what's up? I'm Jace. I'm Burjo. I am Johnny McBee from The Browning. And this is what we did on the weekend featuring The Browning. The Browning. Johnny, how yeah. are you, mate? I'm perfect. I was just uh, sitting in a hotel room eating Buffalo Wild Wings and watching RuneScape videos. So, Sick. you know, <laughs> acting like an adult. <laughs> That's clocking adult life right there. Yeah, very good. Very yeah, good. very are much you, so. Are you on tour? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I travel on the weekends. Uh, I started up a knife company, and so I travel around selling at like gun and knife shows. Uh, and so that's what I've been doing over the course of the pandemic. Gun and knife, knife shows. shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, for those that don't know, the Browning's an American band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. They've yeah, I'm in Texas full time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... I'm, I'm from Missouri, but and every weekend in Missouri, there's, you know, like two or three shows. But currently I'm in <laughs> Texas and uh, Texas, there's probably 10 shows every weekend. Oh, That's a friend of ours so in Texas tattooing today. Yeah. Yeah. They're at uh, Turnstile tonight. That was yesterday. I saw the post. Oh, was it yesterday or today? Yeah, yesterday. Fuck. <laughs> Turnstile, bro. Oh. Um,. How's the knife game? <laughs> I mean, honestly, dude, it's I. Uh, I would have never imagined uh, being so successful. It's something I feel a little awkward talking about, just because one, I always thought I'd be a broke musician forever. Because what <laughs> musician doesn't think they won't be? Yeah. And so that's the uh, <laughs> And so I just kind of, whenever um, everything hit with the pandemic and the industry shut down, I just had to figure out some sort of business to do and. I uh, got lucky. My brother-in-law asked if I'd run a show with his knife company uh, that he was doing. And he did it kind of passively on the side, like randomly, you know, like two shows a year. Um, but then I saw the potential in the product and we put a big brand to it and started both of us running shows every single weekend, no matter what. And I don't even, honestly, I don't even want to tell you guys how much money I've made off of it. So <laughs> I don't think I've yeah, ever it's, heard it's of crazy, a gun man. and knife show. Yeah, no. Nah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Brought a gun to the knife show. What? Exactly. Yeah. That's a, it's yeah, like, it's kind of it, gave me a whole new, like, I don't know. I've never, I've never had money before outside of music. And so it's kind of given me this ability to invest the money back into the band and not have to stress about money at all. And so, yeah, I'm just traveling around Texas selling selling stuff at gun shows and <laughs> waiting to go on tour again. So, yeah. How, how is it, though, uh, getting on a plane? Oh, no, I, I, we do a camper. So we do like a big uh, pool behind yeah. uh, trailer. So, yeah, we just chill at like state parks and hang out. Me and my wife, my baby and our dog, we travel in full time. So just kind of living it up. Sick. Sure. <laughs> I just made it out at the airport. Oh, do you have any weapons on you? Yes, I've got 10,000 knives. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to buy one? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, nah, that's sick. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll talk about the band and the podcast. But, nah, no, we're knives. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah, it's called it's called Fearless Knives for anyone that's in America that can legally buy a knife. Yeah. Yes. I'm assuming it's like butter knives or anything. Yeah, it's not, like, it's not cutlery. It's oh, like, I know. <laughs> It yeah, they're they're pretty sweet. They're like switchblades, basically. <laughs> 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 oh, 
oh my god yeah. <laughs> we're from australia where this is wild for us <laughs> we don't have anything it's like yeah you don't know you don't want to know what else i got <laughs> We'll just talk about the knives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's America. Let's yeah. we'd expect but nothing. Less. And you're from Missouri. <laughs> I mean, the, the the name of the band is the Browning, and yeah. one of the biggest gun companies 100%. in the world is Browning Gun Company. <laughs> yeah. So, I they run all the uh, Call of Duties. Uh, yeah, all the, all the four wheel drives in back of Smash. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All the country dudes <laughs> yeah. out here, the Browning rifles. Exactly right. I don't like asking what the band name came from, but is it from yeah, this that? Is, no, this is oh. this is a justified one to ask about for sure. No, I, uh, I, I mean, asking it because it's the worst question. Like, what's your inspiration? Where'd your band name come from? Because no one actually gives a fuck. But right. the, the Browning. Browning is the weirdest fucking name. And it is. <laughs> everyone's like, bro, what the fuck kind of name is the Browning? So where the <laughs> fuck did that come from? Uh, so I started the Browning as like a solo project when I was like 14 in high school, just on MySpace, just randomly doing it, you know, and that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it was never meant to be serious. Never thought it would be anywhere near serious, but the name of the road that my school was on was Browning road. So uh, that's it. Like anti and Parkway drive Parkway. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm yes. just like Parkway drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird and i mean whenever i made it a full band because again i did it for like seven no not seven i did it for like i don't know six years before it was even a full band mm-hmm. and uh whenever i made it a full band i kind of got everyone together and uh i moved down to dallas to start it as a full band and uh i was like do you guys think we should change the name and everyone was like oh, i don't know and then my thought was it's super weird music with a super weird name mm. i don't know like yeah. eh. Yeah, okay. that's fine. But, uh, hindsight twenty twenty, it's it's my biggest regret of my life not changing the band. <laughs> and, yeah, and you're too far in now. I know exactly. <laughs> I, there's been multiple points through the career that I've been like, "Is this the time? Like, is this the moment?" And every single time, label or managers or whoever is just like, "Nah, you can't do it. You'd have to start getting paid zero dollars to tour again and all that yeah, kind of crap." So the, start yeah. again. It's not or, or yeah, on posters you'd have in brackets. Formerly yeah. the Brownie, <laughs> like the FKA. Yeah, like uh, yeah. And I mean, I we even just we did a new logo for the first time in the band's whatever thirteen years. It's been a full band, and even people are like, "Why would you change that?" It's just the logo. So imagine, <laughs> imagine changing the name, fucking yeah, the artist formerly known as the Brownie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a, it's just a capital B afterwards later. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> the, the, the emoji B. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> the emoji, the red, <laughs> <laughs> absolute meme band. Yeah, very yeah. good. Um, so you dropped an album last year. Was it this year? Right at the end. Yeah, right at the end of last year. Yeah, it's like close. Um, mm-hmm. still super weird band. So, <laughs> did you do that whole album by yourself? Yeah, and it was 100% by myself, writing, recording, mixing, mastering, like literally everything. And I mean, I've been writing the Browning music like by myself since I was like 14. Uh, And through rotating band members in and out of the band forever, there's kind of been, you know, one song, someone would be hanging out at the house and would, you know, kind of sit there while we're writing together. But it's always been uh, me writing the majority of it. Um, and so for this one, it's kind of like, for me, it, 
uh, felt necessary for like my point in the, in my career to just actually do it all myself. And then also I've worked with multiple producers over the career that it just, it always felt like, obviously no one gives a crap about this. Like I do, like it's been more than half my life. I've been doing this. And so I just, every time I was in the studio, it was me sitting behind the the person at the desk, like, you know, pointing my finger, showing them what the freaking like, I'll do this. That needs to be a little bit louder. We need to do this here. And then, so I was basically just like puppeteering uh, producers and, I just it would it would feel really good to me to have just uh, spent the time and also spent that money on myself rather than someone else because you get a budget and you give that budget to someone else and I was like what if I took that some same budget and invested into my own crap then I can just do it my own and I mean it's like uh, I understand that there's certain industry standards for production right mm-hmm. there's certain industry standards for how things go. But really, there's not much about the Browning that is industry standard. And <laughs> I was going to say, your band is different. Yeah. And so my thought, uh, like, I just wanted to put a ton of time into it, make it very unique, um, not listen to another band, not compare the mixes to another band, not compare the songs. I actually, like, refuse to write any normal structure. I can't stand these heavy quote unquote heavy bands that are putting out songs that are all like rock and roll structures. I can't stand it. And so like, I'm, I tried doing something completely unique in the sense of, uh, structure wise, the songwriting, and then also the production. And so I just wanted to be raw and heavy and beyond that. Like I didn't, I didn't necessarily care. And just throwing some techno here and there. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> there's so much going on. It's good. Boom. Yeah. No, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, solo. So <clears throat> while you're doing that, so is it on? Did it was a release on a label? Yeah, it was on Spine Farm, which is like the metal subsidiary for Universal. Oh, yep, yeah, cool. So yeah, so you get the budget from the label. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to do all this myself. Fuck Just every cunt. Pocket this budget and, yep. and then open a fucking knife shop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was uh, it was an interesting time too. Like this wasn't the full uh, like reason I did it myself, but also like at the beginning of COVID we were driving to start a tour and the tour canceled. I had already paid for all the upfront expenses. Oh, I had already whack. paid yeah. everything and mm-hmm. I was a broke musician. Yeah. So like straight up from that tour um, getting canceled, like I lost like 30 grand Yeah, fuck. And, and 30 grand US a- is like, over here, we're in Australia, by the way. If, if we got any American listeners listen to this, <laughs> don't shoot yeah. them. Yeah, 30 grand US here is like probably 50. Yeah, it's about 55. Yeah, 50 fuck. Grand. Whack. Yeah, and, and so it's like I also had to take like take that budget and live off of it because mm. I had just lost every, every bit of money that I had, and I also had no potential income coming in. So it's like I not only spent that budget to upgrade my gear, but I also had to spend it for my family, you know. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I, I couldn't just put, you know, uh, whatever, however much the budget was into doing the album. Like I actually had to survive off that crap. So it's kind of necessary. Mm, not fair. I'm just trying to think of just like a Browning tour and I can just see you selling knives at the merch desk. (laughs) (laughs) I've considered it, but there's certain law, you know, a lot of the venues are also bars and you definitely can't take a knife like this into a bar. (laughs) 
No, no knives in a bar fight then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Just everyone running around the pit, <laughs> fucking knives. <laughs> like the like the monkeys on the Simpsons. Knife. <laughs> 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 The actual wall of death. Oh God! <laughs> Very good. Very good. And uh, you've started your own podcast. Did it start this year? No, I've I've done the podcast test a couple times. Yeah. You know, the and so I I streamed on Twitch for like four or five years straight, mm-hmm. and uh, Twitch is just such a freaking grind to be on every day for that long. Oh, it's brutal. brutal. I I did it. I started during COVID. Just mm-hmm. out of boredom, so I, we could all hang I was out. yeah. I was watching a few different Twitch channels and thought I can do this, and I mm. started myself as well. And you can do it, but you shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it because <laughs> what yeah. I was doing instead of playing games because I don't like watching other people play games. I don't right. understand it. I would review music videos yeah. like like um, Nick Nocturnal and shit, and yeah. then I was like. Didn't review nothing. You just got blind. I got blind drunk <laughs> and did heaps of ketamine, <laughs> and I'd pass out on stream. Yeah, because I live around the corner. I used to get all the messages going. Can you check if he's alive? Because <laughs> he's just li- he's just he's just asleep on fucking the stream. <laughs> so that was yeah. fun. But yeah, and so I was doing all the online stuff for quite a while, monetizing in however many ways you possibly could. And yep, yep. Uh, the Twitch streaming was going good for me. And I, I used Twitch streaming as a way to, uh, I was writing the past two Browning albums I've written live on Twitch. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time oh. I'm going to stream now is if I'm writing a Browning album. Yep. Uh, so I'm still going to do that live because the interaction is just really awesome and yeah. helps me a lot while writing. But um, yeah, through doing that, I was also just wanted to do all the content. So I was doing podcasts, a Twitch stream, YouTube, everything and just died out. But yeah, right now with how I'm traveling so much and just my current situation, the podcast is perfect because it's, it's pretty low effort. Um, and you just sit around and talk for an hour, you know, twice a week or whatever and yeah. upload it and talking to my friends, people I've toured with and industry professionals. Like what I really want to do is also bring light to not only bands, but you know, the light guy that tours with you know, whatever band yeah. or the sound, like these people that work in the industry that aren't necessarily the front man or whatever it is. Oh, so. We fully understand that. Some of our best friends in the heavy music scene are the people doing the work. Yeah. Like we're, the yeah, yeah, we're mates with all the sound guys, all the lighting techs, the venue yeah. managers, the, t- yeah, the exactly. tour managers, the, the PR email people, all that well, shit. And they're, they're living the same sort of life. It's just a, in a different route. And they're yeah, correct. There's, and they're, they're sort of, it's sort of harder for them because they're reliant yeah. on these bands. And if you're working with fucking metal bands, <laughs> fuck that. They're there's not much the, money to be had. No. And they're the worst too. Like they're so hard to organize. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah and, and so it's there's a lot of interesting stuff. I'm talking to like venue managers and like there's some big festivals going on. And once the festivals are done, I'm going to talk to the people putting on the fest so people can hear what it's like to work in the industry and maybe inspire someone to want to work. Like if say they're not musicianly gifted or whatever, mm. maybe they're like, well, I could run lights at a venue or something like yeah. show people that there's other ways of life in the in the scene. Yeah, we're definitely not musically talented. Nope. And we've we've gone pretty well, so Yeah, yeah there there's, you go. there's plenty of doors into the music scene. We can't even run lights. Yeah. 
Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, I had like the one of I toured with this band called The World We Knew Forever Ago. It was one of the Browning's first tours, and from that tour, he started touring with us, uh, doing merch and TM, and then he started doing lights, and then through that, through our booking agent, he started touring with Bam Margera, and then through that, he started. He freaking was inevitably doing all the merchandise management for Disney on Ice. Wow. So it's like what a weird that, progression, yeah. <laughs> right? But that it can go anywhere. Yeah, like, yeah. Once you open it just the door, gives you that experience, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Heavy music to jackass to let it go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Fucking hell. <laughs> Disney on ice has a different meaning in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so does Bam. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, fuck. R.I.P. Bam. He's 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 Still in the wars, isn't he? Yeah, I think I'm starting to look like him a little more. But not a little. <laughs> getting there. I'll be there one day. We'll see. That's all right. That's all right. Um, so, yeah, the podcast uh, started this year interviewing industry people. You had our mates uh, Paleface on the other week. Yeah. Aren't they yeah, the best dudes, dudes ever? Yeah, they're awesome. And they got they got it good in, in all the different routes. Like, they have the right mentality. They're doing it for fun. They're doing it because they're friends. And they're doing some crazy freaking music that's not industry standard that mm-hmm. is just throwing it out there. And that that's what I love to see. I don't care what kind of metal it is. I don't care particularly what it sounds like as long as it's unique and different and just not trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. So They've definitely done that. They've oh, they're, they're, up by they're, we're obsessed. They're yeah. the most fun dudes and yeah, they're just doing it. Doing what they want. They just yeah. want. They just want to support Slipknot. That's yeah. All they that's want. it. And they're just having fun. And like, I, I give it. I give it literally like next year they'll be out with Slipknot. Yeah. Like I think they're gonna absolutely blow up because they do stand out so much. Mm-hmm. Um, only thing is, I can't Google their name. They don't show. Like if I Google their name, like five other artists show up. I can't find them. Yeah. That's a yeah. Somehow, oh. when you Google the Browning, we show up before the the gun company now. So that's pretty sick. That's cool. <laughs> Oh wow! A lot of other things. I just I just Google Paleface and yeah, movies and songwriters and yeah, I oh. can't find them. And so that's the only thing about their name that really that sucks. But yeah, we've uh, we've had this discussion a lot with bands. Oh, the first actual page is Paleface official. So yeah, but if you've oh, been you to something, then Google recognizes it. Like, yeah. hey, you've been yeah. on this website, and then they push that to the top. Yeah, I googled the Browning yeah. before, and before I even finished writing, it already had you out there as a suggestion. Oh, sick! There yeah. we go. See. It's good yeah, somehow Google we got that and haven't gotten sued yet. I was honestly kind of hoping we'd get sued by the company to give me a reason to change the name. Like, <laughs> and also <laughs> for free publicity. Exactly. That'd be sick. I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll send him an email. Yeah, world's <laughs> second largest gun company sues metal band <laughs> over a name that's just a, a word. Like, it's, it's irrelevant. <laughs> I, don't, well, I can pray, man. I can hope. Do you reckon they'd sue or just send someone around? <laughs> Oi, it's America. They just have to fucking <laughs> just flick the switch and all the microchips kick in and then... <laughs> oh, there we go. Done. <laughs> oh. Oh, what's that movie? Uh, is it the Gentleman's Club or some shit? It's got um, Samuel Jackson and he gives everyone free phones across the world and then he pushes the button and they all fucking go mental. What's that movie? Kingsman. Kingsman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I think America's like. 
<laughs> but, yeah, but they've all it. got guns. Who's got, who's got, <laughs> yeah. who's got the button? Um, not the president. Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. Yes. Elon. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and he bought Twitter to activate it. <laughs> yep. What the fuck? Elon Musk. Let's get him on the pod. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't weed, I, so. I, I, Honestly, that, that dude is just one of the most interesting people. And whether you like him or not, you have to admit he's extremely interesting and has such a chaotic. Exactly. Yeah. It's Pure, just, I don't know. Like chaotic energy. I don't know how to explain him. Hank Scorpio. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't. But Hank Scorpio is sort of cool. I don't know if Elon Musk is cool. He's doing well, rich. <laughs> he's doing rich dude things that I don't like because I'm like a hardcore socialist. So. Yeah, like, bro, you're just buying everything that's in your way. That I don't like. That we'll see what happens. Yeah, if he burns it all down, sweet. <laughs> he mentioned uh, that he was going to take Twitter headquarters and turn it into a homeless shelter. Yeah, yeah. so when he does it, I'll like him. <laughs> yeah, that'll be. Sick. It's all all words until the uh, action. Exactly. Yeah, because it's just another rich dude with rockets. <laughs> anyway, pulling you up. Yeah. Um. Yes, Let's right. talk about your band. So the Browning, yeah. you started in high school, solo, yeah. MySpace style, when music yeah. was just like... Sending out bulletins, coming yeah. to my gig. Because <laughs> mm. we're of the same vintage. We're in our mid-30s. So yeah. we've been around. I'm we 31. remember the MySpace days. Kids now, yeah. they do not. They're like, what are you talking about? MySpace? What is MySpace deathcore? Like, it's different to right. normal deathcore. It's like... what. It's like interesting because it, it does have its own specific like um, feel and vibe. And even like yeah. I'm about to be working on a like a slam project. And like literally in my head, like whenever I say that, I'd say I want to say I'm going to start a MySpace slam project. Mm-hmm. But like, <laughs> like what do yeah. you mean? And I'm like, I know what I mean. Yeah. I know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People that are old enough to remember MySpace fully understand yeah, it's it going to be it sick. And it's, even the name, all of it, it's going to be called Force Fed Broken Glass. And it <laughs> has all, this, all the same, like, logos, the whole look, the sound, all the of The massive it. writing on, like, the three sentences written on the back of merch with, like, blood splatter across it. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. yeah it's going to be a MySpace slam band. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck but, yeah. yeah, with the Browning, it, it really much, uh, I was really involved with the it was a like a subcategory of myspace metalcore or whatever called nintendo core mm-hmm. and a lot of people were doing it then and it was all really bad um <laughs> it was horrible stuff yeah. um and i didn't i didn't necessarily fit in the nintendo core realm because my music wasn't based on mario or pokemon or anything like that yeah but it was just the closest thing to the browning sound because they were all using like 8-bit synthesizers mm-hmm. and over this horrible metal and so mine had a, a lot more of a serious overtone to it yeah um and maybe that's why you know it, it was able to go beyond the nintendo core myspace realm but mm-hmm. i those all the bands then uh, were the people i was interacting with every day like you know mario killed pikachu i am error like a bunch of these uh <laughs> nintendo core bands the best yeah <laughs> <laughs> Man, I forgot about that whole era. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's, it was a very strange time. So yeah. you survived the the MySpace era, and then <laughs> became a more serious band with other band members, and mm-hmm. now you're a touring yeah. band. 
Yeah, I mean, it was so I was always doing the browning as like a side project or not side project, just as my project. Yeah, but fun. uh, I was doing all sorts of other like trying to go to college and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I had a fan one day send me a message on the Browning's MySpace that said I should try out for his Bloodhounds Black. And so I did that because they did open tryouts and Mm -hmm. I actually made it into his Bloodhounds Black. And I was with them for uh, about a year working on record and we did a tour and all this stuff. And then I inevitably left that to start the Browning full time because even while I was with them, I was still writing Browning music like while I was in a studio with them and everything. And I just it that joining them made me realize I wanted to tour because before that I was planning on just working in a studio. Mm -hmm. But doing that tour with them and being with them made me realize I wanted to do it. I just knew. Like there's something in me that doesn't want to do this sounds horrible, but like, I don't really want to do anyone else's stuff. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of someone else's thing. Like I want it to be my thing, you know? And so I just wasn't really connected to like their product. And, you know, they were also, we didn't get along in certain ways. And, um, so I just knew I had to do it with the Browning and I had to start my own thing and it be mine, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's all right. Makes sense. Can't so really, can't really invest in something that someone else has written pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it felt like it, it, it wasn't mine. Like people were at the show and I mean, inevitably that was freaking 12 years ago. If I was still with them, honestly, they'd probably be in a lot better position than they are currently. But <laughs> uh, like they, cause they went through so many vocalist changes after I left. Um, it was just too inconsistent. And mm-hmm. so who knows where it'd be now, but nonetheless, it would inevitably became mine. But at that time, I mean, I was like 18 years old. Yeah. It just, it wasn't what I wanted to do with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, that, that just gave me the motivation and also not necessarily the know how, but the, just the motivation to, it lit, like, the, I'm gonna yeah, do it lit the spark. I'm just like, Oh, yeah. you know what? This is what I want to do, but for myself. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. The, a big thing that really motivated me after that was the um, the Azalea Dying DVD that they had, uh, the one that they did for the Ocean Between Us record. That DVD, like I watched it every single day and watching their growth from the start to where they were at that time, like it just it inspired me so much. They were literally the peak of metalcore. They were the biggest band yeah. in metalcore and then... Yeah, redacted. I, I don't, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think that there's. It's possible for a metalcore band to be as perfect as they were, so uh, in good, every yeah. way. Oh, so and I so, was I was fully obsessed with As I Lay Dying, and then yeah. old mate fucked it up. So never mind. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it, it's awkward now. But like, I still absolutely like that. That band was the big inspiration, and also Tim specifically yeah. was a big inspiration to young me to freaking do this crap so. yeah yeah no no we get it we, we're from that era so it's yeah. um yeah fuck yeah do you, do you guys think that any band can can pull that off again like, nah, like not anymore not metalcore. Metalcore. like even yeah. even kill switch who are like the godfathers of metalcore mm-hmm. and then every other band based themselves on kill switch yeah like kill switch dipped Whereas, yeah. as I lay dying, didn't they just mm-hmm. fucking Fucked got cancelled? So <laughs> yeah, instead. Yeah. But um, but Killswitch yeah. are back and stronger than ever, and but they don't have that same sound. Like they right. don't have the oh, Killswitch kind of remind me of, like the older guys that just keep hanging around. Like, yeah, they're good, but they're just they they're not getting what they used to get. 
Because mm. Jesse's like fully invested now. Yeah. But best kill switch is Howard. Yeah, I mean, I I think that, that everything back then just had a bit more of an edge to it. Yeah, and, 100%. and I don't I don't think that the big metalcore bands anymore have like an edge to them. No, um, because they're they're, they're very um, professional. Like they're it's rock. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah, it's super produced. Everyone has all the fancy gear, and they mm-hmm. really meticulous. And it's like, bro, you're overdoing it. Where's as soon as they get big enough, they change. Like, <coughs> yeah, like the next Parkway, bring me. They're all moving to a different. Yeah, because they want sta- they want to sell stadiums. Yeah. Like, it's bro, a stadium rock yeah. now. Yeah, play to fifty people on a Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, get your yeah, I mean, I, pay to <laughs> play to five people and see how that goes. <laughs> I mean, I I understand the mentality and understand how they because all, all those bands they get big enough doing heavy music that they inevitably do stuff with some freaking huge people mm. and then that like sparks something and they're like wait we could be doing that so they yeah. and the they, money they, you can't say no yeah exactly and so i understand it but it, it really does kind of suck uh just a lot of the older kind of mainstay band mainstay bands do uh, they call it mature, but I don't see anything not mature about playing heavy music. Like you can still be mature and play super heavy stuff, and but they just more so say we're going to start singing and playing choruses yeah. like nonstop. Yeah, because screaming is hard forever. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's why yeah. I love the Black Dahlia murder because oh yeah, they're stuck just, to it. They're just tough all the way, just angry, yeah. and yeah, a lot of people drop off, but oh fuck them. It's sick. Yeah. Heavy. And I mean, that was the uh, really one of the biggest things for me for this new Browning record. Like the Browning always has a unique ability with our fan base because it is such weird music that combines so much different stuff that I can just freaking throw whatever out there and they really do enjoy it. Um, and but the softer stuff is still followed up by the heaviest stuff that I've done. And I know everyone says that for every record they do, this is the heaviest one, but like really, really the, not only the tone of the, the recording, but also the demeanor and the, um, just the music itself is much heavier than it had ever been on recording. And, uh, I, also equate that to a lot of the structure like the writing of the structures because i do a lot of unexpected things a lot of these big bands when they release their stuff i like within the first freaking 15 seconds i can write out the structure like what they're they're gonna do you know intro into the first uh breakdown into the verse into the course back into the first breakdown back into the verse mm-hmm. back into the course then a bridge which is a big breakdown with a mosh call and then chorus and then song's done that's every single freaking song <laughs> if you if you add a children's choir to that you just wrote an amity song <laughs> yeah it's every single every single one of them is that structure and I'm, like i'm here for crazy. mosh call out so yeah absolutely but whenever you're expecting it, like you're literally like two minutes before, oh, like I know that they're gonna yeah. do a big build up and then stop and he's gonna scream and go into a freaking breakdown. It's just mm-hmm. I don't know. I, <laughs> I I can't get into it. I am I understand. You just throw techno techno elements in and confuse everybody. Yeah. Exactly. And like random tempo changes, yeah. r- randomly going into a trap beat, randomly then from that going into a blast beat or whatever. Like I just wanted to write stuff like if anyone hasn't listened to Browning and you want to, to me, one of the best structured songs, there's two on this record that are 
uh, very, very unique structures that I think have a really good flow. It's prophecy and uh, anti-sendency. Those two songs have both the super heavy stuff, very chaotic parts, melodic parts. It's just, I feel like I did really, really good. I'm really proud, proud of it. <laughs> yeah. Prophecy is my favorite song on the album. It's so unique and it's old school. And that, that's a big thing too, that I've been trying to uh, recapture is certain things about like whenever I first started writing, because somehow I'll, I'll go back and listen to a song I wrote when I was like 16. And somehow that has, more interesting elements and then a song that i wrote when i was like 26 and so i'm like what about it was the fact like how did i write better more interesting music when i was 16 compared to whenever i you know had been a professional musician for however long and it was just because i i didn't care and i wasn't trying to follow a structure i was just sitting there not looking up anything just writing weird music and so that's what i i tried doing again you know that's good. Yeah. Edgy teenager trumps. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mid 20s <laughs> professional. It's because the teenager had MySpace. That's all that's, that's missing. It. True. MySpace. Yeah. Bring back MySpace. Yeah, Elon Musk, yeah. buy MySpace. Off, off Justin Timberlake. <laughs> no. <laughs> Does Justin Timberlake own it? Yeah. Does he? He used to. I think, yeah. he's, I think he's the one. Yeah, I, yeah, I know he did buy it. Yeah, he bought I, it. Oh. Because he wanted to make it a music platform again. Oh, he fucked that he up. Thought, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, he put his music on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got some gig questions and some uh, just like opener questions for you. But before we get to that, was the I'm a snake dude in the Browning? Uh, he is my brother-in-law. Sick. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so whenever it was a solo project in uh, the early days, it, I rotated it from a Nintendo Core to uh, my senior year of high school, I moved in with him and my sister. Um, and I was just like, what if I was, he kind of wrapped me and him were in a band together when I was like 15 and he just did whatever. And so I was like, what if we do like rap metal, uh, like in the Browning <laughs> style? And so we did and put out a couple songs, like one that you can still find is called Harbinger of Death. It's a really sick song, but uh, he uh, is based off of uh, Battlestar Galactica, but uh, he's so we did all this random like rap stuff. And then whenever um, I um, quit as Blood Runs Black, because I was on the phone with my sister during the whole thing, being with them was an absolute freaking nightmare. And I was talking to my sister and she was like, just fly home or I'll fly you home. Whenever you get here, we'll freaking move to Dallas so you can start your band full-time and so me him and my sister they moved us down to dallas and we got an apartment and um then that's when i started the band and instead of going with the rap metal the full time i wanted to do like the hard style uh like techno metal stuff as the full thing and so he started doing stand-up comedy and so me and him were doing a whole bunch of skits on youtube at that time and yeah the i'm a snake one definitely popped off <laughs> yeah yeah, we, we stumbled upon that just before. <laughs> That's so <laughs> yeah. fucking weird. Like, well, yeah, and little, not not too well-known fact, but he is the one that runs Wendy's Twitter as well. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Oh, that, that makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> that roast day is like the mm -hmm. best thing. Was that his idea? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just started freaking just roasting people anyways. He really, he's, his story's crazy. He absolutely, he's won pretty much like every social media marketing award 
in the past like since he started doing that yeah. he's completely changed the face of internet marketing by making bands act or brands act more personal yeah. and interact on a personal level it was all him yeah. and so he completely changed the whole game that's awesome because um, that's what we like to see as well that's when we do these interviews mm-hmm. we try and just find out the real person behind the right. band and just talk like mates because right. no one really gives a fuck gives a fuck about all the <laughs> other stuff they just right. want to hear Dumb honesty shit. and so you're yeah fuck that's so yeah. good yeah it's a, it's is definitely things always seem to kind of like work out for me and him and my sister and so i give my sister a lot of credit because she put up with a lot of crap of me trying to be a broke musician and him trying to be a broke comedian, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, she was working two jobs while he was doing open mic nights and I was trying to start a band. And so I give a uh, pretty much all the credit in the world to my sister for his success and my success. Very good. Mary's just sitting on the couch roasting bands. <laughs> what a life. <laughs> so good. Right. Man, that uh, <laughs> the best one roasting winds of plague. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Very good. Oh, fuck. I love those roasts. Yeah, sick. Yeah. Um. All right. We've got, yeah, gig questions. So these are all, oh, they're not all as punter and whatever, but um, just, yeah, hopefully there's something funny behind something. <laughs> um, What was your first show you ever went to? Hanson. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was, it was uh, like Hanson. I could huh yeah it was 100 percent in their peak i was in second grade uh and i got caught my mom called me out of school to go to the concert and it was uh one of the concerts because i came i grew up as poor as it gets and so it was um a concert that you could get in if you brought like 10 canned goods like 10 cans of food sick and so yeah, so, you know, she went to the food pantry at the church, got 10 cans of food, and took us to a Hanson concert. And so Awesome. How many tickets yeah. does 10 cans get you, though? You need 10 cans I per think person? I think, you just, I think you just get in. Like, yeah. there's like, how many you got? Bring them, you know? So, sick. pretty sick. And so, that was my first concert, and I remember standing up, and, and they're like, ooh, you're in trouble. I said, I'm going to the Hanson concert. <laughs> <laughs> What year was that? Because they were like, shoot, I can I don't know. That had to been, to I mean, if I was 90s? in second grade, if I was in second grade, it had to have been like what ninety seven or something. Yeah, like late nineties. They were late nineties. Yeah, because yeah, we were around the same age. Mm-hmm. Fuck, so long yeah. ago. Wild, Hanson. <laughs> Do they even exist? Yeah. yeah, they did like a just before COVID. I'm pretty sure they did like a reunion world tour. Oh, they're they're still my sister's favorite band. Yeah. The, and so they they do some really serious like kind of indie rock stuff and yeah. they they're still together the three brothers and they're just killing it so yeah I love them doing a reunion tour when they're brothers like I guess Oasis <laughs> is never going to do a reunion tour are they <laughs> no they're not <laughs> they were doing something cool where um the they were all I guess they're all painters too and so they were all painting stuff for like the VIPs for like their tours and their VIP stuff. So everyone got like a actual painting from them. Wow. Well, just says, that's, well. <laughs> that's super wholesome though. Yeah. 
Imagine looking at the ticket price, tickets and just going, oh, yep, 500 fucking VIPs this time. <laughs> 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 Better get that fucking elbow warmed up. <laughs> Meanwhile, Joel Birch is just uh, writing, I hate myself, and then selling that for $100. <laughs> Way more better. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, I don't know. It, was the branding your first band? Uh it was so I had a couple different um, projects. My very first like actual band was is just straight up as laid on metalcore, uh, and I played. What drums. was the band? I started name? on drum. Yeah, what was the it band? Was called, name? It's called Take a Gander. <laughs> Take a Gander. Take yeah. a Gander. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still better and than the so, Browning. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I I started off on drums, and so I played drums and keyboard at the same time <laughs> and then and then for like yeah then for like three songs me and the me and the guitarist would switch so then i'd play guitar for a couple songs see so. and he played drums and keyboard and he played drums and keyboard awesome man drummers here can't even fucking use a laptop while <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then I, that that dude that i was switching spots with back then uh like 2017, I actually got him to join the Browning, so he played the we played with the Browning for a couple of years. Sick drummer or keyboardist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he played bass. Oh. <laughs> Versatile. Yeah. <laughs> Take a gander or goose thief. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then uh, me and uh, Matt, the I'm a snake dude. I joined his band. <laughs> he was doing um, him and my sister got together. And he had a band called Johnny Boy's Arson Club. So it wasn't based <laughs> off of my name. That's sick, though. But, but I joined and I was playing guitar and keyboard at the same time in that awesome. band. We love, we love old, like, band names. Are the band best. names. Like, everyone's mm-hmm. first band name is fucking terrible. And yeah. we love it because yep. it's so funny. And they try and be so edgy with it. It's yeah, great. it's just teenagers yeah. trying to be cool. Like, man, this is so funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then when it, right before I started the Browning, uh, Full time on MySpace, I had a different kind of electronic metal thing I was tried doing for a minute, and that was called Forge Gorman, or like George Foreman, <laughs> but <laughs> Forge Gorman. Very good. Oh, <laughs> that's fuck. got yeah, that's got MySpace written all over it. That's good. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> fuck yeah. All right. Um, what was your favorite show you've ever played? Uh. There, there's a couple super memorable ones, but definitely, like, if I had to pick one show, it would have been our first show that we ever did in Germany. We uh, got flown over to do with Full Force Festival, and uh, I knew we had a lot of German fans, and the Browning's music, not only the metal side of it, but also the electronic side specifically, is influenced from European dance music called mm-hmm. Hardstyle. Mm-hmm. And so, if you say Hardstyle in the States, no one knows of this. Everyone yeah. thinks oh, that we play In Australia, we know all about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so no one in the States know Hardstyle at all. There's a, there's, so, there's a Hardstyle nightclub across the road from my apartment. <laughs> yeah, and, that might get it's, annoying. It's weird. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't mind it because like, yeah, well, I don't really hear it. It's pretty good. Yeah, you can yeah. feel a little bit of bass every now and then. It's like, hey, this is pretty good. But um, yeah, yeah hardstyle yeah. is pretty big here. Yeah, and so I I was big time hardstyle fan, and uh, the Brownies music was all based off hardstyle, the synths and the techno parts and everything. And so right whenever we went over there, it was the first time we'd ever been there. We were playing a festival in Germany where we played directly after Heaven Shall Burn. 
Oh, and yeah, it was our first time ever there. <laughs> and so I'm standing there just uh, crapping, you know, and because it's a big time festival and we were playing under this tent, but this is huge, huge festival tents. And um, like was standing there on stage. And before we started that the entire tent and then outside the tent was completely full. Like, so like roughly like, you know, 8,000, 10,000 people. And the whole crowd before we started, started chanting the melody to bloodlust, like our first big song. Sick. Yeah. And we had never been there. So I'm standing there, side stage and i'm 20 years old never haven't been anywhere and i started this project on myspace and they are <laughs> just chanting like the whole like in a soccer stadium the yeah. doo, 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 doo. and i've mm-hmm. never heard anything like that because people in the states don't chant like that because yeah. they don't care about soccer mm-hmm. and so the it was just the weirdest feeling to be standing there never having been there assuming no one would care and the whole crowd's chanting our song and went out and started playing and they were chanting all the synth melodies and all this kind of stuff. And so that really kind of changed my perspective on writing as well to where I at, like right in that moment from, cause I'd never thought about that, anything like that before I started writing all my synth melodies to be singable. Like yeah. if someone couldn't sing it, then I was not going to write it like that. And so all the big melodies in the songs are like singable and chantable and whenever we go anywhere outside the states that they're sitting there chanting it like that and so that's definitely a big like moment for me for a lot of different reasons and it, it changed my perspective on everything that's awesome it'd be so wild though standing side of stage the crowd just starts chanting you're like fuck we should have put that song on the set list let's <laughs> 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 go <going> now <laughs> Um, yeah, because you had Eskimo Callboy, or now Electric Callboy, Electric Callboy right. uh, remix that song too. So, Yeah, and uh, I absolutely love, the, love that band. The, my favorite tours I've ever done with the Browning are both the tours we've done with uh, Eskimo. Yeah. And it was those were some very eye-opening uh, situations for me too, uh, for a lot of reasons. Um and I respect that band more than any other band I've ever been involved with. Uh, I know that their persona online is what it is and the, you know, it's goofy and all this stuff and they are goofy dudes, but mm-hmm. it's a freaking serious business that yeah. they are running and they are super professional. And um, like that was our, like that was our second European tours whenever we went over with Eskimo and so our first tour, our first thing we did was that huge festival. And that made me feel like, you know, holy crap, we're big in Germany. And then we went over and we did an Ever Say Die tour, which is a big, big tour yeah, over yeah, there. Yeah. And so we were absolutely slayed on that, too. And so we got offered the Eskimo Cowboy tour after that. And they offered us uh, at the time a ton of money. It was like seven hundred dollars a night, which for us at that time was like, what? And so I thought it was like a co-headliner. Because I was like, there's no way they're paying us this much money because their online numbers at that time, tiny, never heard of them before. And so I thought it was going to be like a co-headlining tour. Very first night in Germany, sold out 1,500 people. And I was like, we're absolutely killing it. Like, this is sick because when we played, the crowd was popping off the same thing, chanting the stuff and all this. And then Eskimo went on stage and I was like, okay, there's like, these people are 100% here for Eskimo. Like, Mm -hmm. we're just a... It was not even comparable. The crowd reaction compared to what we did to what they did. And um, it's just, it, they're on another level. And 
So they really are. And I, I'm glad that in the States they're getting the recognition because they are the, what some of the smartest band people I've ever been involved with and super nice and very humble. And yeah, I just, I absolutely love that band more than, more than any thing really that's yeah. weird and their level just keeps going up they're yeah, they're bigger just, and bigger now. yeah we've we've known about them for a while but like they've never they, like they've never been here i loved them yeah. 10 years ago they're the best yeah but well that's they yeah. they talked to me on the last tour we did with them and it was right it was in 2019 mm-hmm. uh and they were talking to me then about thinking about changing their name so that they could be popular in the states yeah and and i was like do not go to the states yeah. don't like who cares yeah like there's enough money they were, in europe yeah yeah they were they were doing you know 2500 tickets a night in germany yeah. they would sell out an entire russian tour 2000 people a night same with japan i said don't worry about it like who cares and then they freaking release hypa hypa and become one of the biggest bands in the states yeah. <laughs> you know in the world, in the so, world. That, song, that song took over the entire it. world yeah and so i'm just i'm so stoked on on them and they they're going to come here and they're just going to absolutely kill it. Yeah. We're and waiting so, for them to come here too. Like yeah. no one comes to Australia, but hyper hyper is yeah. the most played song at any club down here now. It's yeah. When, really? Yeah. Cause when it, when that song dropped, it was, it was like the heart of lockdown. It was like the deepest part in yeah. Australia. And when the whole country was just on Twitch and mm-hmm. couldn't go anywhere and hyper hyper was the fuck, song. I flogged that song to death on Twitch. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they. Yeah. I, I, I hope that because I actually really enjoy all of their music and I always have. Yeah. It's very much in the Browning realm, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I just Chaos. I love that genre. Yeah. yeah. And so like same with We Butter the Bread with Butter, mm-hmm. one of my favorite bands of all time. Very and, good band. And, and so I, I absolutely love Eskimo Cowboys serious music, too, though, mm-hmm. like their slower, heavier, yeah. softer songs. And so I, I really hope that they can do that as well, you know. Yeah. I know that they have a specific thing they're doing, but yeah. I hope that they are still capable of releasing the chill ones. Mm-hmm. I reckon we need a Browning Eskimo Cowboy Australian tour. <laughs> yeah, I would love it. I, I would tour with them. I tried getting on that the United States tour with them with Attack Attack, um, but that booking agent doesn't like me. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we brought out the bread with butter. Their album was fucked. Their new one? It's very good. Their very new, good yeah, their newest album, that was my favorite album that's yeah. been released in quite a while. It's Again, a band that just does not care. Their yeah. name, nope. who cares? Yeah. The music, who cares? Yeah. Like, I it's just good. love it. Just do whatever they want to do. Fun. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many times they've sat around going, should we change our name or <laughs> not? <laughs> no, their, their, their main dude, he, he does like some... Um, commercial type music in Germany for like um like TV commercial and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he has a really good gig. He it's def we butter's definitely just like a side yeah. side gig for him. Yeah. Bit of fun. Yeah. Very good. Just imagine them doing the fucking ads for Holden or something. <laughs> <laughs> um what was the new album? Latest album's end of existence? Yeah. What was the working title for that? Um I I I always, I always do a song like a self or not. What's it called? Title track. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I always kind of wait to name the album until it gets to the point of, I have a song that I want to base everything off of. So yeah, yeah. I originally was going to use chaos reigns, um, which is another big song off the record, but then went to end of existence because I came up with the whole story and plot to the record and everything. So 
Yeah. And I've just, I'm, I, the reason too, I came up with a story and did kind of like a themed album is like the knife company was doing great. And my family, <laughs> I just had a baby and all this kind of stuff. Everything was perfect. And so I was the happiest I'd ever been in my life, like by <laughs> far. And so I didn't have anything negative to write about, but yep. I was writing the most negative sounding music. <laughs> and so I had to come up with a story that fit like how dark and like, heavy the music was so yeah yeah you can't write songs about telling knives <laughs> <laughs> well honestly the song fearless on the record this is all freaking like 10 steps ahead i wrote i named that song fearless based off of my co knife company being called fearless so whenever i released a specific knife it could be based off of that song which yeah. is a single very good know? so very good yeah who does your album artwork um, originally it was Dan Mumford who he was really big in the scene. He did they to remember miss me. I, a bunch of bands from back then, mm -hmm. but he, um, he just was way too busy. And so starting three albums ago, it was a dude named, uh, Kensuke creations. Uh, he's, he's this dude, young dude from the Philippines. And I initially hired him just cause I could afford him. And then he also, <laughs> uh, he could he mimicked Dan Mumford's style like to yeah, a T. Yeah, yeah. And so he at Kinsuki Creations absolutely killed it. And now he's gotten like freaking super famous on Facebook. Like mm -hmm. each post he does is like ten thousand likes and stuff. It's oh, crazy. Fuck. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah, because yeah. I like the theme all the way through. It's mm -hmm. it's cool. Yeah, and I, and that's something I've I've always with the Browning big big time point to stick to what i'm doing yeah. like i don't want to i don't want to take out the electronics i want mm -hmm. to still be electronics on a time i want the interesting sound with the specific artwork and i just want to keep it going if i want to mm -hmm. do a different sound i want to start a different band yeah you know? yeah except you change the logo oh god um what's a horror story from a show you've played horror short yeah. uh there's a lot i mean not nothing well actually at that very first festival in germany uh <laughs> the our drummers um his kick beater on his right kick pedal mm -hmm. snapped in half in the middle of like one of the songs oh and 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 i'm sure he was freaking out in that moment yeah but instead of just kind of making it work he just stopped <laughs> that'll do and, yeah <laughs> oh. and so we're standing in front of 8,000 people like I'm going crazy it's the crazy experience and then just stop and I turn around I'm like uh what and then he I think at that moment he was super panicking yeah uh, and mm -hmm. then uh, he went to start the next song and then we started and then he just stopped again <laughs> after he fixed the pedal Oh, and so, yeah, our first time at this huge show, we just straight up stopped two times in a row, like super awkward. Fuck. And so that was that was a nightmare. But like, I don't know that that kind of stuff happens. But yeah. now if that <laughs> happened, it would just be a joke. But yeah, uh, at that time, it was definitely very nerve wracking. <laughs> Why yeah. did he stop the second time, though? I he says that he uh, he started feeling like he was going to black out. Oh, but, from the stress uh, of the first bit. Uh, yeah, yeah he, was, he was probably super panicking. Yeah. And so, yeah, panic but yeah. Attack. And, yeah, and, and then beyond that, just like tour, uh, 
Man, we were with we went on tour with Mushroom Head. Uh oh, and yeah, we've we've done two tours with Mushroom Head. I I love those dudes. Again, super weird. I just I love mm-hmm. their music. Mm-hmm. And um one of the there's a really weird situation where the other band on the tour, like we were billed as the opener, but there was only three bands. There was us, then a band called Sunflower Dead, and then Mushroom Head. Yeah. No one's ever heard of Sunflower Dead. No. And so I was just like Okay, and they had zero numbers online. So my thought was like, okay, they're probably friends with Mushroom Head. So Mushroom Head just had them. That's one of those type of bands. They'll do the stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just assumed like, okay, whatever. They were paying us enough money that it didn't necessarily matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we start the tour, play the very first show, and we, we opened again. And Mushroom Head's big fans of the Browning. And so they watched our set, but they came up to me after. They were like, you guys were supposed to be direct support. And I was like, look at the flyer. Like, we're under yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, no. And plus, also, Sunflower Dead, horrible band. Like, very, very bad. Uh, and, I couldn't um, have told from the band name. All right. And so uh, so our set popped off, and then it was super awkward and completely dead for them. And then it's hard for Mushroom Head to follow that up sometimes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you want the band to hype them up. So yep. Mushroom Head that night, after the first show, said, Hey, Sunflower Dead, actually, you're playing under the Browning now. And now the Browning's direct support. And for whatever reason, this kind of crap's not my decision. If I'm not headlining, Mm -hmm. they also flipped our pay, which they were getting paid more than us somehow. And so then those dudes and and they obviously they threw a big a big freaking fit and i would have too because you agree to go out for a certain amount of money yeah exactly and so and so i was like you know chill about the pay i don't care i'm taking what we are if they want us to play after you then that's just how it is they're running the show yeah and so after the second show we walk off stage after our set and all of sunflower dead is standing back there like drunken and these dudes at that were they're all like 50 years old Uh, they were and they also wear clown face paint on stage yeah they were 100 percent juggalo band (laughs) and and they were all they were waiting for us like a freaking gang to get off stage warriors (laughs) yeah straight up come out and play play. Yeah. (laughs) yeah And so they, we get off stage and we go over there and they just start freaking scream, you mother effers, you guys suck. Your music is horrible. And just getting in our faces and we're all pretty chill. Um, and we're just kind of like, yo, chill out. Like, if you want to deal with this, go talk to Mushroom Head, all this. And like, take it easy, Violet J. <laughs> yeah, dude. So yeah, I have like a, a like a 50 year old juggler with face paint and Sick. like super drunk in my face screaming. And yeah. And so that band was a nightmare. They inevitably got kicked off the tour by mushroom head. So oh, I yeah. could imagine. Yeah. Oh man. That'd be so funny. <laughs> How did they even get on this tour? Dude, 50 year old juggalos. <laughs> it was rough. And whoop, honestly, whoop. They, they were, they were so horrendous. I honestly don't care about talking crap on them. Like really, I do oh. not care. I love that so much. That's the best. <laughs> oh, where they, they really got mad in that conversation uh, because he said to me, he was like, you know what? Fine. Like, whatever. We'll all just be, be friends. Get through this tour. I said, I don't have to be your friend to tour with you. And he's like, you don't want to be my friend. And like, freaking out. I'm like geez, dude. So I've just Googled him and pulled him up. And wow. Sick. But I can tell why they wear face paint. Oh, give us a look. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> 
Yep. Uh, oh <laughs> what's that dude on that kid on YouTube? Superhuman, the dude that jumps into like barbed wire and shit. I want to say hello <laughs> to my jugglers, jugglets. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we played Gathering of the Jugglers. No, we? you didn't. Uh huh. Oh my yeah. lord, how was that? Uh, I got into it with the owner of Psychopathic. The the psychopathic records that mm-hmm. signs all the juggalos because we show up it's in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma and <laughs> we're we're only going there to play this we didn't have any other shows it was just mm-hmm. this thing mm-hmm. and we're supposed to play at midnight right fuck <laughs> and yeah we're supposed to play at midnight after like vanilla sales. ice. <laughs> It was a vanilla ice, the brownie. Oh, <laughs> and, and so, oh my god! Yeah, that's the yeah. best. Yeah, and so I we show up. They say show up. I don't know around noon or whatever. And so we show up at noon, and we're supposed to be doing like a sound check or something, yeah, yeah, like yeah. getting to sound check for later. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get to our stage, and the stage is complete. They're having, and first of all, it's in a huge field. There's like ten people in the crowd, mm-hmm. and. And there's like 30 people on the stage. They're doing like a Fago dancing contest or something. <laughs> awesome. Where they're like they the person comes up, it's their turn. They start spraying Fago all over the place and jumping around to music or something. And so they were just doing that for like ever. So I went to <laughs> the, try to find whoever I needed to talk to to the determine like manager, what I'm yeah. supposed to be doing in that moment. And uh so I go to the front. They say, oh, you need to go behind the diamond stage because that's where this lady is. To, you need to talk to her because she's the one organizing whatever. So I walk behind the main stage and uh, there's just a dude sitting there. And I say, hey, where's Susie? And he's like, who's asking? I say, freaking me? Like right now, I'm asking. <laughs> and he said, well, you don't need to talk to her. I'm saying, I was just told that I need to talk to her. Like, I need to know what I'm supposed to be doing. He said, you need to get off this stage. And I'm just like, where do I go? What do I do? Like, I need to talk to this lady. And he starts screaming at me, yelling back and forth. And so I call him an idiot, walk off. And then we just go wait until whatever we're supposed to play. And that dude ended up being the owner of the record label. Of <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Somebody's gatekeeping Susie. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Um, just quickly, I looked up that was it Sunflower Dead's yeah. uh, Wikipedia page. Oh, they've totally done it themselves because at the end it's contact and share with Sunflower Dead official, and it's got all their links. To <laughs> so that's like their social media. <laughs> yeah, and and so I figured out where the confusion came from because after all the drama happened on that tour, I said, "How did this possibly happen?" Mushroom Head's manager slash booking agent also booked sunflower dead they paid that full to put them up there and then he basically uh gouged out a huge chunk of the guarantees to pay them so he could make more percent i see ponzi scheme style and and somehow mushroom head was so disconnected they didn't realize all that was happening wild (laughs) (laughs) yeah surely it adds up straight away like why are these fucking why are these juggalos <laughs> on this tour? What the fuck? Like, who's fucking who? Who's got photos of who? What's going on here? How was playing a gig with Vanilla Ice to a bunch of fucking... Uh, juggalos. Yeah, a bunch of fucking <laughs> murderers. Well, it was it was the... So the the, fest, the lineup did, like, right before us, it was Waka Flocka, Vanilla Ice. Oh, my the God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so 
I mean, I was over there jamming. It was cool watching watching them play and stuff. But this was the first, um, uh, what, what's it called? Gathering of the Juggalos that was not in Ohio. So it was like oh. a test. It was in Oklahoma. Yeah. And this is a huge place. Yeah. And there was no one there. Fuck yeah. And so. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, dude, when I swear to God, when you're driving through that place, because it's all dirt roads and this random thing, it's not made for a festival. So is uh, it like um, the hills have eyes? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> like, it looked like these people had tents set up for months. Oh, like, no. It was all lined with tents and. And uh, you know, full I don't want to be too judgmental. Like, yeah, D great horror movie style. Yeah, yeah, straight up. And so it was like the first time that we had played where like basically everyone like brought their own lawn chairs and was just like laying down and Sick. sitting in lawn chairs and watching and yeah. and we played at midnight and we played for an hour and <laughs> and but I After do think I, Yeah. Well, I he do, would have had like I, a seven minute set. Oh no! And right after us was Froggy Fresh. If you guys don't know Froggy Fresh, you gotta look him up. He's hilarious. All right, but the, uh, <laughs> um, there, I think there is a video of us playing on YouTube, and it's of someone videoed this girl that was definitely way too high, like dancing. Yeah. And while we're on stage, just absolutely losing it. So shout out to that chick. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> hey, we've peaked. The podcast has peaked. We've had someone that played the gathering of the juggalos <laughs> with vanilla ice. What the fuck? <laughs> that just sounds so fake. Like yeah. it sounds like a fever dream. Yeah, like, it, and a lot of really honestly a lot of my career a lot of times I look back or think about certain things and I'm like I can't believe that that happened in that way, you know, but uh, it's you know, so you're putting yourself out there, man. It's, this is it's the just- best. I love this shit. This is so good. This is like the weirdest crossover ever. <laughs> so much yeah. going on. Did, this did, is did the record label guy just have a hatchet in his hand? <laughs> <laughs> I just assume he's just always got one on him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you started a knife company. Yeah, fuck sure, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Juggalo edition. <laughs> that that would sell, though. Honestly, that would sell so with, fast. Oh, would, my God. Whoop, one whoop. of my plans with the company is to do like uh, branded knives for bands because yeah, no yes. one makes knives for bands. So I want to do like a mushroom head one, and they have big time Juggalo fans. So I'm into it. Oh, I can imagine the hatchet with clown paint on it. <laughs> sell instantly. <laughs> I've got to be careful what I say because Americans are psycho and juggalos are like fucked. But but I like (laughs) ripping on people all the time because I don't give a fuck. Have you guys guys heard of Jankum? No. Okay, so this is... Okay, I kind of grew up around juggalos. Again, I, I, was, I grew up very poor, white trash, that whole realm. Like, that was my life. Um, I luckily was never in, in the, into that stuff. But Jankum is a... Uh, there's probably going to be some people get mad at me for saying this, but whatever. Jankum is a drug that's pretty specific to juggalos that the way they make it is uh, they literally poop into a thing, like into like a two liter, get poop in there, and they let it ferment in the sun for a week, and then they huff it. No. So they're just like breathing in shit fumes. Yeah, and it absolutely like you're just gone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's got 
Yeah, it's got that Unify does, written all that's over good, it. No, nah, that's big, that's big Juggalo energy. But fuck it, <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that. And then all I know is my phone is going to blow up with messages like, "What the actual fuck is that?" Like, let's try some jankum. Yeah. Oh god, do you want to know a bad fact? Oh, I got suspended from school. Oh, for having an insane clown posse shirt. No, I thought you were going to no. say for shit in a coke bottle. <laughs> No. Yeah. 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 I would suspend you from school too. Yeah, so would I. Well, just to protect you from the bullying. Yeah. <laughs> well, now they're all Christian and all that. You, you know, yeah, oh, they're they, reformed, like, are they? No, no. So they did that. Um, uh, they, they had these card albums. I can't remember what the fuck they were called. And it was like leading to a higher power story or whatever. Oh, God. And then the yeah. last one, they came out and just told everyone it's all fucking Christianity and shit. And it yeah. just, everyone's like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They, they said that the family was, the whole point of that was to get people to Christianity and the circus yeah. was like heaven. Like, all oh, my God. I can't remember what the cards were called, but yeah, they released like eight albums. So they one. gaslit their entire fan base <laughs> to become Christians. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's pretty sick, but also, what the actual fuck? Yeah. <laughs> fuck, we, yeah. we've still got heaps of questions, but I'm like I'm trapped, in, trapped I'm in ICP fucking zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was, I remember like two dudes in high school that liked ICP, and it was like- I was one of them. I was like, I cannot be near you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm worried about being stabbed at school. Like, they had like- um, <laughs> Like hotlines and shit that people would ring and it would tell them like this higher power was coming oh, like all this shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. Lisa when she rings the fucking Matthew Perry, uh, yeah. Luke Perry fucking hotline or whatever. Fuck, yeah, they got real wild and yeah, they released this random album that says "Go to Jesus." Oh <laughs> God, like, fuck everybody up. <laughs> um, welcome back to uh, Juggalo Weekly Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there be millions of them. <laughs> oh yeah, no, nah, but fuck, they're not the people you. Re- I don't want them on my seat, on my team. Like, I'm happily to be murdered. Like I don't need one of them to defend me, but I don't want them to murder me either. But with a hatchet. It'd be fun. It'd, it'd be on the news. There you go. Juggalo kills yeah. local, local podcast. Local <laughs> podcast bully murdered by Juggalo by inbred virgin Juggalo. <laughs> um. Anyway, fuck. Um. What car do you drive? <laughs> uh, Just real off top. <laughs> I have a. a a Ford F three fifty Super Duty Turbo Diesel. Hey, oh, that is boy. the most American car ever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Had to get the basically the biggest truck physically possible to tow the, the camper. Yeah. 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 yeah so that's yeah. it. Those trucks don't even fit on our roads. Nah, I've, probably I've, not. Nah, there's a few. I've seen a few three fifties. But um, I've seen a 450 over here. Like, bro, it, that's it, too big. That's a monster it's truck. Rare. It's pretty rare, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it's super excessive. The Like, I mean, my camper, it's as big as it gets. It weighs, like, 15,000 pounds. But this truck can tow, like, 22,000. Google 15,000 pounds. I've no idea what that means. <laughs> 15,000. LBS. <laughs> What's that in kilos? kilos? 6,800. <laughs> Seven tons! <laughs> Holy fuck! It's big. I mean, a we're, it's a house. Yeah, we're we're just towing a house around. Basically. Wow. Okay, that's fair. I understand why you need the um the Patriot two thousand to pull it. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've seen one of them on our roads, the 550s. Yeah, it's fucked. They're, you can't, the big it, F trucks are psycho. You can't overtake them because no, because the so our, our like highway lanes are three and a half meters wide. So mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck that is in feet. Ten foot. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's our width. And those yeah. F trucks are almost that wide. Oh, like, definitely. Yeah, like, I mean, I like if I park the park it, I have to pull the mirrors in and stuff. Yeah, so people can actually park next to me. <laughs> <laughs> Monster truck. That's, one of the fans, that's yeah. sick. That's so American. That's amazing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. <laughs> well, this next question's a guaranteed yes because the question is: Would your band break up if you left? <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> where we love we love hitting bands up with that that um are not ready for it and they're like either a new band or they're like really close knit and then you uh, hit yeah. one up and it's like hey would you your band break up if you left and they're like uh, oh no. fuck <laughs> <laughs> just planting the seed yeah everyone else is like nah definitely not no nah, nah, that nah, person's can, like yeah. oh god yeah uh, it's all me it's over. <laughs> <laughs> this next question we've already just like covered it. Yeah, so it's we've so exciting to do it again. Like there's gotta be another one in there. Yeah, what's your wildest festival story? Wildest oh, well <laughs> <laughs> know, we've just done two really good ones. Right. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I don't know if they're they're really um I mean the the European festivals in general are just on another level. Yeah. Like uh, I mean, you guys maybe had that with like Soundwave, like that kind of yeah. feeling. But in yeah, the but States- Soundwave was like Soundwave was sick because it was so many bands at once. But it was one day, one day. Yeah, so the so- Euro festivals are like weekenders where people yeah. are fucking zombies. Yeah. So yeah, and so there, there's nothing comparable to it really, especially in the states that it didn't have anything like that so just experiencing multiple festivals was just crazy we we did one in um it was in norway with behemoth and cradle of filth sick and so that one was pretty cool to be actually in norway with that kind of stuff it was that was a really cool vibe too so no bad experience at that one well, that one was cool, too, because it was the, the biggest con- convention center in Norway, like in the whole freaking country. And uh, I was going up the elevator into my room and my song was playing in the elevator. So that was cool. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> That's weird as fuck. Norway elevators are the best. <laughs> All I get is fucking hold music. Yeah. Or some weird person in my building that Delta Goodrum or has just dropped a fart then got off on the li- on the level before <laughs> just a, a time bomb did you get high <laughs> <laughs> whoop whoop <laughs> I wonder if anyone's gonna actually try that now no uh, don't no. try that don't I try just that. so last night I did I drank breast milk on stage <laughs> oh Jesus for a um for we did charity. A, we, we did a fundraiser show we raised like eighteen thousand dollars and we had a bet on one of our old episodes with another band and they said would you drink breast milk i'm like yeah fuck it <laughs> of course how was it and it was fine <laughs> but I, I mixed it with pepsi so uh, <laughs> so it was human pilk <laughs> <laughs> and um, the build up for it So we had to raise $10,000 to do it And we we, we made it easy But um, I had to do it last night on stage During a band set 
and it was so good. The whole crowd phones up. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, it's actually happening!" Because it's like this has been g'd up for like a month, so yeah. it or, or two months. It, it finally happened, and um. So what you're telling me is it's twenty k. No, <laughs> you'll shit. You'll shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. There's no more of those silly things. But yeah, um, that's the one. <laughs> it was, it was, it was fine. Like it was surprisingly good, and. Yeah, and now it's Mother's Day, so <laughs> happy Mother's Day, The, the everyone. worst thing is I got over here just before <laughs> recording and he's sitting there still licking the bag that it came in. It's like, okay, yeah. dude, like a, we can see you're addicted. <laughs> Breast is best. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's, um, what's on your rider? Um, just the, so I, I'm straight edge. Uh, I've always been straight edge. And so I really like our writer because the venues have to pay us more money because there's no alcohol on it. Yeah. So that's nice. And so it's literally fruit and monsters. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. What a combo. <laughs> All right. Just, gonna Just get a bit of aggression before you get on stage. Yeah. Smashing down an apple really angrily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that that's one thing too. Like, and um, another great thing about Europe, Europe just by far the best music scene. Like, whenever you show up to a venue in Europe, first of all, they let you go in at like noon, which mm-hmm. in the states you can't even get into like four p.m. Like, yeah. they they won't let you in there. And then when you show up in there, they have all these veggie trays, like sandwiches made, like all this nice catering just waiting for you. Yeah, and so. That's pretty sick. So I, I love European catering. Yeah, that's sick. In America, you've got to like fight for your own food. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Yeah, you're like, hey, we, we, do you understand? I it- own a knife company. <laughs> <laughs> we for the states, we always called it a very specific venue pasta. Like venue pasta has a very. If you say that, I know exactly what it is. It's always those. The it's called pine noodles. They're yeah, the long pine, ones yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. It's those noodles with the worst possible watery tomato sauce on it, oh. and that's it. Nothing else. Blech. And every venue would give that to you. You'd have like a two hundred dollar catering budget, mm-hmm. and they'd give you like a a twelve inch tray of this venue pasta. Gross. That's it. And we just did like we were like putting ranch on it, like doing anything <laughs> possible <laughs> to give this pasta some flavor. Oh and no. So, yeah, America. Not the best for writers or yeah. catering or anything. Well, now I, mean, I just yeah. have them pay us and we just go eat wherever we want. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, well, for us, America's food is just like fast food. It's America's yeah. known for like big mm. food. But, yeah, not, yeah. not quality. More quantity. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, it's really, though, uh, as an American that's gone all over the freaking place, uh, I've learned that. Like I would, always, if someone asked you what's my favorite food, I would say Italian. Yeah. But I've learned that American Italian is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like you get Chinese food, you get Mexican food, you get Italian food, you get all of it, but the American version of it, which is much better than the actual places, or maybe <laughs> I'm just accustomed to it. I think you you, yeah, I think you're used to it. Yeah, but it's definitely super fat, over seasoned, like way too big of portions. Heaps of and cheese. It's a ton. It's yeah. everything. It's just so much, but I love it, man. Food's like, I, like I said, I'm straight edge. I've never drank in my life. Nothing. Food is like my vice. That's the. Yeah. I'm like. Yeah. Venue pasta though. <laughs> nah, that sounds so bad. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, 
What's your Nando's? Do you have Nando's? Yeah, you'd have Nando's. We don't have Nando's, but I know Nando's. Yeah. So, what's your spice level? What sort of spice? Can I you I do the garlic. Oh, so the bottom. The minimum. Yeah, the Bro. very bottom. Actually, right now, literally, I told you I was eating Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. I have the garlic parmesan, so it's basically like the American version of Nando's. <laughs> that I can get, so, oh, no. I love Nando's though. Yeah, yeah, that's the wildest. So, where's if no one else has who has Nando's? Us, England, and that's it. South Africa. There's 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 two of them in America. There's one in Chicago and one in Washington D.C. That's weird because yeah, it's, Cause it's yeah. not that good. Like <laughs> just but it's it, like, yeah yeah. I it's mean weird. it's a treat whenever we would we would eat it like three times a day if we were around one in the U.K. Yeah, it just I don't know you because also in the states you don't get because that's that's pretty much fast food. Yeah, oh, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's franchise and, food. Yeah, yeah, but we don't have something that's like nice grilled chicken that's fast. You know, yeah, like yeah, if, and if it's we all fried if, if we're getting chicken, yeah, we're getting fried chicken. Yeah, like dude, four yeah. different chains of fried chicken. You know, yeah, <laughs> so, I think, and so I think the UK one's actually different to ours too. Yeah, I think the UK one's better. Yeah, everyone says it's better because yeah, it's like a drunk rider passage in the UK. You get drunk, then you eat Nando's. Whereas here, you get Nando's. drunk and you eat kebabs. Yeah. I uh, am yeah. always kebabs. We don't we don't have uh, like Donners or kebabs here. That's not a not really a thing. Like that's one of my favorite foods in Europe to eat is like the Donners. Yeah, the the closest thing is finding like a Greek restaurant. Yeah, Europe, it's if lucky it's and not, that, yeah. yeah, just not the same though. Yeah, because I don't know. America's not really too kind on the uh, Middle Eastern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like our like how uh, Middle Eastern food is in in Germany. That's like kind of our Mexican food. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. we yeah. just we have tons of Mexican food places. Yeah, so we've got a few. We've got maybe three different Mexican franchise based mm. things in Australia. Yeah. But what's that one that's in America just came here? Taco Bell. Taco Bell, yeah, that's a huge there, but yeah, it's just like there's oh, one it's, here, it's like it's as big as it gets. That's like yeah, that's like yeah, Macca's, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now nah, ours are Australia's different. We're more like Asian food. Oh, okay, there so you go. because we're so close, it's like mm-hmm. Thai restaurants and Indian and mm-hmm. Malaysian dumplings, dumplings and everywhere, dumplings and <laughs> um, ramen. Ramen's the thing now. Ramen's going yeah. off its head, so <laughs> that's that's the that's the food of choice at the moment. It's, yeah. It goes in waves. Like three years ago, it was American style burgers, like mm-hmm. burgers that you need t- three people to eat. Like that was the thing. <laughs> We call yeah. it dude food because it's like, oh, there you go. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna have 24 hour uh, slowly smoked brisket on a fucking bun yep. with mac and cheese and bacon mm-hmm. and and then like half yep. a pig worth of crackle on top. <laughs> and like, yeah, there's a sick, it's like, there's a place in Des Moines that we go to every time called Zombie Burger. Yeah, I actually met a clown from Slipknot there one time after our show. See. And I, <laughs> of course he'd be yeah, at. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had a friend that because we would eat it like twice every day if we were going through Des Moines on tour. Yeah, and I had a friend that literally went to the hospital after the second time we went oh to my Zombie God. Burger. <laughs> my arteries times, have stopped. <laughs> <laughs> he got this thing called the Walking Ched. 
which is he was getting a triple walking ched, which it's a triple burger, but the buns are fried macaroni and cheese patties. Oh my god! There's a place here that does that too. Yeah, really psycho. Like, yeah, yeah. He went to the hospital actually. (laughs) Heart just stopped. (laughs) Just uh, saline through the veins just unblocked that. So your cholesterol There's a place the in uh, Vegas called Heart Attack Cafe where you have to sign a waiver going in there. And then the people serving you your food are like nurses and stuff. Oh, wow. Oh, I thought you were going to say naked. I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> oh, we could get cancelled if we go down that path. I guess what um, happens in Vegas <laughs> doesn't stay here. Yeah, you have a heart attack, you die, and you get uh, flown home in a box. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, yeah, thanks, bro. This has been really sick. Yeah. Really fun. Um, um, heck, yeah. Hopefully, we can get uh, Browning for an Australian tour. Yeah, we, we tried a couple times, but um, it basically always ended up in us needing to come there to headline, and I wanted to come there and support the first time we came. And yep. So, that's what we're waiting on is just kind of a good... the band, an Australian band that would fit. I don't know. Yeah. It would be prob- probably uh, Make Them Suffer. Probably yep. be the best one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but I would love to go there with something like uh, um, like Crystal Lake, you know, that mm-hmm. that sort of realm. Yep. And, but yeah, so something like that I would really like to do. So I want to come there as soon as possible. But especially now, who knows when that will ever be possible. Just, yeah. just don't ever play after Crystal Lake. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, oh. Wage War did it on their last tour here. Yeah. So uh, the tour was Polaris Headliner. So it's Polaris, yeah. Wage War, Crystal Lake, Alpha Wolf. So yeah. now Alpha Wolf is bigger than Wage War and Crystal Lake. So they jumped Jeez. the lineup. Alpha yeah. Wolf were just grinded during COVID. So they're like yeah. big band now. But Wage War playing after Crystal Lake... I don't think there's any Wage War fans left in Australia because of that. Because <laughs> everyone was like... You're yeah, so like, dude, love your songs, but Crystal Lake are the best band ever. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and they have the perfect vibe and they're sick live. And, yeah, uh, it's good. Alpha Wolf's doing good stuff. They we did uh, China. We toured in China in 2019, literally like right before yeah the, COVID. The, yeah, and uh, Alpha Wolf came there right after us. Hey. And yeah, and actually the Chinese promoter. Uh, scammed me out of like 5k and (laughs) yeah and the alpha wolf was there like literally directly after i said hey can you guys like ask him about that (laughs) and also be warned because yeah Yeah, and so they were literally there with him and i'm like yeah that dude just scammed me and they're like sitting in a train like uh uh oh yeah oh yeah I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, no worries. Um, Everyone, get around the browning. Listen to your podcast. I'll put links in the um, description, the show notes. Burn this world. Burn this world. Yeah. Yeah. See? And, um, yeah. That's it. That's it. We've got, what have we got to plug? Shorts. They're closed. Are we closing them? I thought we were going to wait for the North Lane pod. Oh, yeah. So we'll leave them up for a bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, go. yeah, we've got we've got shorts on pre-order. Even though it's winter here, but shorts in winter's fine. Um, yeah. We do ship to the states if you can afford the shipping fees, because <laughs> <laughs> it is fucked at the moment. But um, I think that's all we've got. Oh, we're sort of hosting, co-hosting, presenting Metal Wednesday nights. 
this new show, weekly show thing, where they're uh, giving new style metal bands a shot at shows. Um, that's going to be cool. They're $10 a show. Um, that's about it. And Alira and Headrex Tour, we're sponsoring that. That starts in two weeks. It's going to be wild. Uh, yeah, that's going to be fucked. Um, yeah. Thank you, bro. And yep. um, shout out to all the mums out there. Happy Mother's Day. And all the juggalos. <laughs> and all the juggalos. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly no. the juggalo moms. The juggalo oh. moms, man, they'd be they'd have a lot of kids. <laughs> they'd call it a gathering. <laughs> oh god. All right, we gotta get That's out of here it. before I get murdered. Um thank you, bro, and peace. Yeah. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. Until next week, this has been Jace and Burjo saying drink irresponsibly, Australia. 